Hello, EKN Nation. Welcome to another edition of the EKN Debrief. It is episode number 44, April the 2nd, 2019. My name's Rob Howden, joined uh, by David Cole for another one of our Debrief podcasts. And again, we thank you for tuning in to the EKN Radio Network. The event that we're looking at today, the, essentially the first race of our dual weekend double-double, the hashtag that David and I put on this uh, kind of crazy run here at the end of March and the start of April with four races over two weekends. The event, the WK Manufacturers Cups to Series race at GoPro Motorplex in Mooresville, the BBS Nationals. Got a big script, a lot of stuff to work through here. David, of course, will quarterback it. He was our man on the scene in Mooresville. But let's get things underway by talking about our presenting sponsor, uh, for this particular uh, episode of the debrief, IAMI USA East. IAMI USA East is the East Coast distributor of the hottest two-cycle engine program in American karting, featuring the SSE 175cc shifter, the X30, KA100, and Swift engines, which can all be found at club, regional, and national racing events. IAMI USA East supports strong programs like the United States Pro Kart Series, WK Manufacturers Cup, F-Series Gear Up Challenge, Texas and Great Lakes Pro Kart Challenges, the Route 66 Kart Racing Series, and the Sunshine State Karting Challenge. Find more information on all their products and all of their dealers at IamiUSAEast.com. All right, David, uh, again, you were uh, trackside at GoPro Motorplex. Uh, you've been there more than one time over the last couple of years. Uh, fantastic facility at, in Mooresville, North Carolina. And again, WK Manufacturers Cup firing up for the first time since uh, Daytona back in December. It was roughly about 90 days since uh, WK has been in action, uh, dating back to Daytona Kart Week that was held between Christmas and New Year. So yeah, a little bit of time uh, between races for the series, which typically happens uh, with Daytona being the first official event of 2019, but yet still in 2018 calendar yeah. uh, each year. Uh, all in all, though, it seems I think that, uh, you know, with that gap, you know, it, there is that one off race. Daytona is that race between Christmas and New Year's. It's part of the Manufacturers Cup. But really, if you think about it, as you said, 90 days, essentially three months since you went racing. This is when all the WKA drivers who run the Manufacturers Cup are like, all right, let's get back at it. Time to get into the schedule. It's it's the time to start thinking about championship. Yeah, because Daytona is really that one off. Everybody goes there and wants to win there. Uh, championships aren't really in the minds of a lot of the racers. So yeah, now, now is the time where uh, drivers and teams started thinking about uh, championship wise. You know, David, I, I know that when we talk about you going to, to Mooresville more often than not, you're talking about potentially being there in the rain. And I think I know that you put a lot of, you know, a lot of fault on Mooresville, North Carolina, and really it could just be you because, you know, for the start of this season, you brought rain with you wherever you went. You do realize that. I'm four for four right now on uh, events and rain. So wow. you can, the Tucson was a little bit of a sprinkle, nothing, you know, where guys were like, Oh my God, we got to change over to rain tires. Yeah. Uh, but all the other, the other three events were rain, rain racing. So uh, that's tough for you. That sucks. It's, you know, this year it's my fault, but again, I told everybody it was going to rain in, in Mooresville and it did. Yeah. Well, you, give us, give us an update. Like what, what kind of weather did you have? I was in Texas, obviously. We were cold. It was it was a cold weekend there. What about you uh, or you were? Well, it was great to finally get warm weather because yeah. 
both Cal Speed events in Tucson weren't exactly, you know, the warmest weather that you want when you leave the the snow. I mean, it was warmer, there was no snow, but uh, this weekend was actually, you know, shorts and t-shirt weather on Friday and, and Saturday. Uh, and so that, that was great. The great part of it. Um, so sunny weather throughout both days. Uh, we had rain early Sunday morning. So, uh, by the time practice began, it was a wet track, but it wasn't raining anymore. And, uh, thankfully the track continued to dry out, uh, throughout the day. And by the time pre-finals came up, everybody was back on dry tires and, and it, it finished under uh, sunny conditions. So overall it was a good weekend. Uh, but you always, you know, anytime you throw the rain in there, it throws a little bit of hitch at people. Yeah, it makes things a little tougher for sure. Carts get dirty, a lot of cleanup. But then, as you said, kind of the flip-flop back and forth in terms of chassis setup and putting on the reins and how much of a setup you change. I know that it's uh, it's always a bit of a hassle when rain comes and isn't isn't just rain. If it's going to rain, it's going to rain. People say just one or the other. Now, David, in our overview sections of all these uh, debrief podcasts, when we get things underway, we kind of look at some of the numbers. Uh, how did things look at the Manufacturers' Cup race at, at Mooresville in terms of entries? Uh, entry total wise was 119 for the weekend, which is a little bit down from the 136 that they had at the March event uh, in 2018. Uh, but when you kind of look over at the categories, everything was above 10 or above. So again, double digits for every all the eight categories. Um, the largest categories actually were the Micro Swift at 20 and Briggs 206 Cadet at 18. I mean, those were the two biggest categories of the weekend. Uh, and provided some great racing as well. Um, K100 Junior was there with 17. This was the first official race uh, for K100 Junior uh, at GoPro in WK Manufacturers Cup Series uh, as an official class. So uh, we have nothing to back that off of. But Micro was bigger. Uh, Briggs 206 Cadet, which was local option last year, was up eight eight entries as well. So uh, and again, overall good numbers. Uh, K 100 senior stayed about the same at 10. Um, really the downer were IME junior and IME senior, uh, dropping, uh, by more than double digits. So 14 and junior and 13 and senior. Any indication and in talking to the people when you're in the paddock as to why that is, is it, was it just, there's just so much racing going on. Like, you know, you look at our debriefs, Dave, how many we've had already, you know, there's, there's probably been almost maybe even 10 races on that you would call national level. There's been a lot of racing going on already. There's a lot of racing going on. There's a race going on this weekend, uh, in Ocala, Florida. So yeah. that takes up a lot of the, you know, not a lot, not everybody can go back to back, uh, on race weekends. So it's kind of a pick and choose type situation. Uh, but you know, basically if you look at all the numbers, there's a lot of local racers that were there racing WK manufactured cup series. So that, that helps to no- boost the numbers, uh, but you know, when you look at championship wise, you know, how many people are actually going to be competing at all these events? Um, it, it kind of tends to be, be a bit lower than what the actual numbers show you. Yeah. Great point. There's uh, you know, that's, that's a podcast in and of itself. There's just so much racing going on right now that, uh, you know, people are just going to be able to race so much. And as, as David, as you pointed out, uh, not, not everybody's primed up to go back to back weekends. And that's, uh, and that's just part of what we're doing right now. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of fighting right now going for market share and we've got tons of races, whether it be regional or national level racing, there's just a lot of racing going on. Well, 
We are underway with episode number 44 of the EKN Debrief. This is uh, David's uh, review of the Manufacturers Cup race, the BBS Nationals at GoPro Motorplex, which took place uh, last weekend, uh, March the, what was it, 29th to 31st. Folks, stick with us. When we get back, uh, we'll jump into the paddock pass. David can kind of give us some of the input of what he was able to pick up walking around the pit area at GoPro. Hello, karting fans. This is Gabby Chavez, and you're locked into the EKN Radio Network. In a sport where the difference between winning and losing is measured in hundreds of a second, you can't afford to leave anything on the table. You invest in the best equipment, the lightest components, and top-of-the-line data acquisition systems. Anything to find one more tent, right? I'll tell you right now, the best investment you could ever make is in yourself. If you want to improve your results, it's time for professional instruction and coaching at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Located at the new state-of-the-art speed sport racing park just north of Houston, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy uses the very best equipment, Burrell Art Carts. They offer half-day, one-day, two-day, and three-day clinics. They have a one-on-one student-to-instructor ratio, and they will design a customized curriculum for each student. Alan Rudolph is one of the most respected people in the sport, and he has nearly 20 years experience training drivers, including Chase Elliott, Neil Alberico, Austin Versteeg, and Sabre Cook, and rising stars like Pietro Fittipaldi. Train with a champion with over 30 years of racing experience to get proven results. Start off your season with a driver tune-up. Tune-up your season with some driver coaching. Or get ready for the big races by training with the best. Reserve your dates now by calling 866-607-RACE. That's 866-607-7223. For more information, visit speedsportsracingpark.com slash racing hyphen academy. In racing, experience is priceless. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience. We can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. Check out our online store at franklincart.com where all of our products are just a mouse click away and we ship daily. We're constantly adding new products to our online store, so keep checking back. We specialize in IAMI engines, tilt seats, and of course, our championship-winning Merlin chassis. In our online store, you'll find molecule cleaning products, minus 273 racing gloves, micron gauges and components, and both MG and Bridgestone tires. If you're ready to take your racing to the next level, come and join us at Team FMS. We've been supplying racers with start-to-finish support at race events for many years, providing a helping hand on weekday test outing or at a club event to full arrive-and-drive packages at the highest level of karting competition. For 2019, we'll be attending the Superkart USA Winter Series, WK Manufacturers Cup, United States Pro Kart Series, and the Route 66 Kart Racing Series. And we'd love to have you under our tent at Merlin Nation. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com this is chris wheeler and you're listening to the ekn radio network welcome back to episode number 44 of the ekn debrief of course here on 
the EKN Radio Network. We're pleased that you're tuning in and and hope you've hopefully you've downloaded the mobile app to your phone or your iPad or whatever it may be, so you can listen to us on the go. Moving now into the Paddock Pass section, this particular edition of the Paddock Pass presented by Matt Old Nut Racing and Croc Promotion USA. The shift is on to a new brand and a new way of thinking. Croc Promotion USA is the American importer and distributor, and Mad Old Nut Racing is the official race team. We're ready to attack in 2019, and our results speak for themselves. We're winning races and championships, and we're running up front. Croc Promotion USA has momentum. Dedicated and talented young drivers, supported and mentored by team owners who know business and who are passionate about karting. That's Croc Promotion USA. That's Mad Old Nut Racing. Search for us on social media and give us a follow. All right, David, I know not a lot of notes down here for the Paddock Pass, but what uh, what was kind of the talking points, you know, in the pit area for this particular ad- event of the the, uh, the Manufacturer's Cup? Well, it's more gossip than anything. Uh, All right. <laughs> you know, okay. I mean, it, it, when there's not a lot of news items that are coming about, you, you kind of go with what people are talking about. And, yeah. and Friday, it was, it was Tiregate 2019. What's Tiregate 2019? Uh, there were no tires available for people to purchase. Um, Ooh, what? The you know again, it, it's it's a it's a strange situation because WKA was got into the point of providing race tires for everybody on every weekend, which was included. You know, kind of what SCUSA does and and other programs do, where yeah. they you know I believe this was last year, and so you in your entry fee was the was the cost of the two sets of tires that you needed for the weekend. So when you paid, you had, you made sure your tires were there. Now that didn't include rain tires. Cause again, that's a whole separate situation. <laughs> yeah. So this year, you know, they, rever- they heard a lot of people complain about not being able to use their local, uh, you know, tire distributors or, or dealers to be able to, to get used the tires they want to use. Uh, so WK decided to go back to the way it was where competitors were responsible for their own tires no matter if it's practice or race tires, period. Yeah, we, we, we've heard that back and forth, right? D- does the series provide the tires in the entry or do they open it up for local shops, dealers, and teams to make the whatever the minimal profit is off selling tires? So <laughs> it doesn't sound like this all worked well, seeing as you've named it Tiregate 2019. How'd it go? Well, so yeah, we put it back. They put it back in the hands of the racers and the, the the problem throughout Friday was people trying to find tire enough tires to be able to practice and race on throughout the weekend. Okay. And it just, it, it really boggles, uh, you know, cart sport, North America, they ran out of tires that they had, um, available on hand, uh, Franklin motorsports brought enough tires and sold out of those, uh, as well before, you know, lunch Friday. Um, I'm not sure top cart USA had very many, if at all, uh, aside from, from the ones that uh, they needed for their racers. And I'm pretty sure Nitro Kart had the, the tires available for them to race on. So um, a lot of it has to do with with uh, racers not being prepared, coming to the racetrack as they should. And a lot of it has to do with just the kart shops not having enough uh, tires on hand to yeah. supply uh, the demand at the racetrack, um, which, again, is a very tough number to try and track. Hey, listen. I've got a great idea how to fix this. Maybe the series should just sell the tires as part of the entry fee. No, Rob. No, we can't do that. <laughs> well, nobody wants that. The shops want to be able to sell their tires and the, then, and the competitors want to be able to buy those tires from whoever they want to buy it from. 
But if they, but then the t- they'd have the tires for sure. There wouldn't be, you know. <laughs> well, it's, there you yeah. go. Fair, I, fair. You know, I, I guess, you know, if the tires are made of gold, everybody would have them then. Right? Wow. That's again, that's, that's it. Right. That's the, that's the talking point we've had over the last number of years. It, it's uh, okay. I, well, that's well and, and that, and that okay. kind of goes to my next point that we had Do down here. It's, you know, I'm just kind of disappointed in, in, in what we continually see. You know, it's not something that's happened overnight, but just the, the lack of respect and responsibility by competitors in the paddock. It just it just boggles my mind that they they everybody expects everything handed to them on a silver platter, if not gold platter, and it and it's getting I, I'm really getting tired of seeing our sport be that way. I mean you you gotta you gotta and, it, and it's not just our sport; it's it's society in general, and that's again a whole big topic. But whatever, yep. it, it boils down to carding as well too. We have such a small niche community that you see it amplified more uh, because everybody knows everybody. Agreed. And you know, one of the, one of the biggest issues that we had on the weekend was Friday, uh, kids running around on these scooters, these, these motorized battery powered scooters. Uh, a person was ran down and run over by two kids at one time, at one time racing around the paddock. So they, they benched all, all motorized vehicles, all bikes, scooters, skateboards, anything. And you still saw people Sunday night during during the main event still riding bicycles around the paddock after numerous, numerous and numerous announcements of no bikes, paddocks or anything around the paddock. And you're not talking about a car paddock where you have to walk a half a mile. You're talking two or three blocks at the most to get to one point or the other. And it's just, you know, that type of respect and responsibility by the people we have in the sport is ridiculous. Well, again, it comes down to you're saying that it's being said across the PA. Of course, they'll probably say it at the driver's meeting as well. It comes down across across the PA, across the yeah. race monitor apps, yeah. across uh, the driver's meeting. And that comes down to parents, everything. though. I mean, right? The parents have to it, handle this. It, it, Park the bikes. Don't bring them. No, Rob, Rob, it's adults riding oh bikes. That's what I'm talking wow. about. It, the kids, sure, they were done. But when you say no bikes at all, either these adults still don't care. They, they don't have the respect, uh, that should be, you know, that should be shown when you, when you are at somebody else's place, you're at somebody else's event. You know, if I come to your house and you say no shoes allowed in the house and I start walking around with money ass shoes, that's, that's just a a lack of respect. You know, it's just that type of, it, it just really irked me throughout the weekend to continually see that by people who just are, they're just lazy. Yeah. You're right. It's and that, that's that's really just disappointing to hear. It, it, this is something that that we we see it, um, on paddocks everywhere. And essentially, I don't I don't know of a of a place we go to really that they really allow it. I know some people are leaning in on it. I know I was down at the Texas Pro Car Challenge. You know, there were there were kids boogieing around on the on the you know electric bikes and and electric or motorized scooters or whatever it may be. You know, I just it's I agree. It's number one if you if you're if you're involved in the insurance side of this thing it's a nightmare. You know, it's something you want, don't want to see because there's danger around every corner. As you said, someone got ran over. Um, yeah, it's, I hate to hear that. Uh, you know, obviously I can, I can hear it in your voice that you're just very disappointed with it. And that's something it's got to get cracked down on somehow. Right. And how do you do it when, what do you do? Did you park the person? And well, it, that was the thing. Like they were going to start, you know, con- confiscating bikes and stuff like that. But again, I mean, when you still see five or 
six people still riding around. I mean, it, it's almost like you got to stop racing event, but you can't stop the racing event because the schedule is so crammed with, with races that, that you don't have time to stop. <laughs> it's such a competitive, it's such a competitive landscape right now. What's somebody going to say? Well, you, 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 you banned my kid or you, uh, you disqualified my kid because I was riding my bike. Well, I'm not coming back to this race. Well, it's I'm not saying not- disqualify a person, but I, I'm just saying, hey, why just, not? just stop. That- well, I'm saying stop the race. <laughs> Like stop the actual events going yep. on track. You're right. I, I mean nope. that's that's basically the last straw. And so it you know it's maybe it's the forty year old in me that sees this this stuff and makes me crabby and bitchy. But <laughs> dude, you know, yeah, just, you hit you, you hit forty, so you're getting you hit that crab level, but, right? You know, I got I got tired of saying, hey, you know, yeah. you can't be riding your bike. Hey, you can't be riding your bike. Hey, you can't. And I wasn't I wasn't in position. You know, I'm no I'm no longer a WK trustee, so I'm not going to get on that side. I'll just yep. voice my opinion and 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 repeat the rules that have been stated numerous times. So that that's kind of where I left things at with that. It'd be it'd be pretty easy for someone to be marshalling the paddock and then just radio to the race the race control right and go red flag as soon as they see somebody riding a bike. Yeah, that's, I mean, it, right in the end, that's just it's just gonna cut just gonna start cutting laps. Yeah, hey, you know, because you only got so much time as you said, right? Well, you know, we had to cut five laps off every main event. Because people were riding their bike in the middle of the pre Yeah, and again, that that's a whole another situation and discussion that for another time. All right. So let's move well, on to something any- positive. Let's well, move on to something say, positive. Um, was there any positive chatter in the paddock? Uh, yeah. Well, just talking about the upcoming Charlotte uh, Motor Speedway yeah. event that, that WK will be hosting in June um, inside the facility, not the historic racetrack that has been nestled in turns three and four but kind of a makeshift of what the nascar uses as a roval uh as a new course that wk is trying to develop um they've done some testing uh this week uh going around there using a couple of racers from the area uh, or industry members from the area Um, so they kind of have an idea of what they're going to do um the one thing that that uh, was brought up though. Um, and a meeting was held, I believe Saturday night was uh, the kid carts. Um, this, the, the, the way the facility is laid out uh, using the Roval part is it's, it's, it's very, you can't see everything. Yeah. Um, so with kid carting, it's very difficult to be able to allow these cart, these kid carters on this massive temporary circuit. That's going to be, that's going to be run. So um, WK is kind of weighing some ideas. They, they, they talked to all the parents that were there uh, at GoPro uh, with different options that, uh, that they're looking at. And uh, hopefully a decision will be made in the next week or two regarding uh, kid carts at the event. Well, you know what? It's, I'm glad that they're obviously cognizant of what's going on in terms of, of trying to get this track designed. Well, um, the only thing I would uh, just to add for my, myself, I, I just really hope that people get behind this race, this event at Charlotte, because I think that what we're seeing is some of these really cool events starting to develop in our sport that will be marquee events that we're going to be able to market, whether it be the brick battle of the brickyard, Quincy coming back, you know, there's just some great racing and to be able to have an event that where they're working so closely with the Charlotte Motor Speedway, I think that's big. And I just, again, I understand, David, so do you, obviously. You were a trustee for some time, uh, and we've been around so many races. These temporary circuits or whatever, makeshift circuits, whatever it may be, it's a lot of work. It's it's a lot of time. Are they going to get it right the first time? No. So all I would put out there right now, and again, talking about the kid carts being you know their prime example, People have to be flexible and understand that the WK, the staff, everybody putting this race on, 
just give them a little bit of leeway because this is going to this is a work in progress this year, next year, and beyond. Right? This is this is a race we want to see for numerous years. We want to see it get cemented into the foundation of our sport. Of course, and you know, thankfully, you know, it's it's on not just a big parking lot. It is around the actual you know Roval part, so it's it's a racing sur- surface. But uh, again, it's it's designed for cars and it's not designed for carts. So it's it's something that, like you said, they're going to keep working on, and hopefully, uh, it, it'll be uh, it'll be uh, fine tuned uh, after the first event. All right, folks, that's David Cole's a Paddock Pass again, brought to you by Mad Old Nut Racing and Croc Promotion USA. After this break, David's going to dive in to start uh, going through the categories, all the racing uh, that happened down at GoPro. Stay with us; lots more to come. This is Brian Jarscrack, and you're listening to the EKN Radio Network. You've all heard the news. Rotax Racing is back in the U.S., and RTX Karting is your link to this global program in the southern states. The first order of business for RTX is their All-Stars Finals 2019, a new event that they're holding at the beautiful Speed Sports Racing Park in Houston on April 12th, 13th and 14th. The All-Stars Finals 2019 will feature the Rotax Engine Raffle Program, which provides the most level playing field in all of karting. This is your first opportunity in 2019 to earn a ticket to the Rotax Max Challenge Grand Finals in Italy with four tickets up for grabs. They're also awarding six entry tickets to the Rotax International Trophy event in Le Mans, France, for drivers to earn an additional opportunity to participate in Italy. Registration for the All-Stars Finals 2019 at Speed Sports is now open. Head to rtxcarding.com to lock in your entry and to take your shot at joining Team USA at this year's Rotax Grand Finals. The Kart Republic has arrived in the USA and it's taking the world by storm. Carsport North America is North America's exclusive importer and distributor for Dino Chiesa's Cart Republic chassis. Cart Republic has been racking up numerous national and international titles across all classes in its inaugural year of competition, including this year's CIK FIA World Championship. The team has arrived at drive seats and support spots available for the SCUSA Winter Series, USPKS, and WK Manufacturers Cup competitions, so call us today to reserve your own winning Cart Republic. Located in Mooresville, North Carolina, on-site at GoPro Motorplex, Cartsport also offers driver training and coaching programs, cart service and storage, and full retail sales with the top brands in the sport available in their 6,000-square-foot retail space as well as their online store. Cartsport North America, top-quality products, winning brands, and professional driver development services. Give us a call today at 855-527-8776 or visit us online at cartsportna.com. Hello, karting fans. This is IndyCar driver Zach Veach, and you're locked into the EKN Radio Network. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network in episode number 44 of the EKN Debrief. David Cole giving us uh, his review of the WK Manufacturers Cup event, the BBAS Nationals at GoPro Motorplex in Mooresville. This is now the race report. David will rock his way through. We'll have a quick break between the categories. But the race report today presented by Precision Karting Technologies. With over 40 years of manufacturing experience, Precision Karting Technologies is the leader 
and American-made components. We produce high-quality products led by our full line of chromoly and mild steel axles. Metric or imperial, standard or custom, we have what you need. Collars, keys, and bearings were the source for axle components in the USA. With over 70 dealers through the U.S. and Canada, it's easy to choose PKT. Family-owned and operated, proudly made in the USA. All right, David, as you said, eight categories on the docket down there in Mooresville for the WK Manufacturers Cup. A nice, tight class structure. I like what they've done. Have at it, my friend. Let's start with Miami Senior. Uh, Miami Senior, obviously the fastest category of the weekend, uh, providing some good racing uh, throughout the weekend. Saturday, though, was a sweep by former WKA champion Brandon Lemke. Lemke was able to... uh, uh, score another victory uh, coming back to uh, the Merlin Nation and Franklin Motorsports uh, back in Daytona. But this was his first victory back uh, with that uh, tandem, that um, that team and, and operation. Uh, Lemke just swept the, the action on Saturday. Uh, really wasn't uh, challenged too much, was challenged a little bit through the heat races, but um, walked away with, uh, with the main event win. Um, had Talon Yokel on his uh, on his bumper along with uh, Jarzakrak and Venberg, uh, but contact between Jarzakrak and Venberg uh, shook up the podium there at the end, uh, allowing Austin Schaff to move up uh, to the third spots uh, for the po- on the podium. Yeah, you got, you got to give props to Lemke. That guy's got a ton of talent. I know he's focusing on the, the stock car program now down in North Carolina, but. Uh, when he gets back behind the wheel of a cart, it's like he hasn't doesn't miss a beat, right? Just right. Yeah, back but at one, it. one one thing he needs to do is uh, get a little more uh, rain racing uh, under his belt. Okay, uh, tell me about that. Qual- qualifying on Sunday, uh, Lemke found himself back in tenth. What? Uh, as Paulie Massimino was uh, the quick driver in the wet session, uh, Brandon Jarzakrak was right there as well, and he was able to shoot away and grab the prefinal win. But Lemke, once it got dry in the prefinal, drove his way uh, through the field and, and got back up, uh, I believe, in the second spot. So, again, set up for another battle uh, in the final. Uh, Lemke and Jarzakrak and Schaff were the three drivers to, that were able to get away. And, uh, and Lemke just had a little bit more pace than the other two uh, and scored a double win victory or double weekend win. Uh, double win weekend is what I was trying You'll to say. It. You'll get it. And uh, went Franklin went uh, Franklin and Merlin went one two with Schaff able to beat out Jarzakrak wow. for uh, the second spot and then Schaff really hadn't raced since October so this was kind of his uh, his bounce back uh, weekend and earned two podiums uh, on the weekend so good uh, 2019 debut for Schaff yeah big weekend for uh, Merlin Nation putting the the big green machine up front there now here's my question is that is this why Lemke probably went stock car racing because he's not good in the wet. You think that's makes sense, right? Uh, well, yeah, probably. <laughs> and who knows? Uh, but that's something that he can work on, definitely. There's that uh, that area of improvement, Brandon. Get to work. Get uh, get out there when it's raining. And you you know, with his dad being a pool guy, you would think you know you could you could under, he could handle the wet, right? <laughs> that's true. That's very true. That's a good, <laughs> a good connection. I like that. Well done, Dave. Uh, all right, so from Miami Senior and, and what was uh, a really good uh, outing all weekend long for Franklin Motorsports and Merlot Nation with, uh, as you said, Lemke and Schaff, uh, what, was the, what was the layout for KA100 Senior? It was a bit 
chaotic. If uh, really? there's one word to use, was chaotic. Uh, Brooke Knockman was uh, a local driver, and she's been she was very fast throughout the weekend. Uh, Saturday set fast time in qualifying, and then went out and won both uh, heat races pretty com- comfortably. But uh, the main event, uh, the drivers uh, stepped up their game. Uh, so Knockman was challenged by uh, Byron Daly and uh, Emery Lida, both uh, challenging her for the for the top spot throughout the main event. But uh, contact in the double right hand corners uh, after the hairpin put uh, Knockman and Daly both off the course, uh, which opened the door for Lida to uh, to cruise on to uh, his first official WK victory after uh, having last year's uh, victory taken away from him. Uh, that allowed Ari Venberg to jump up to the second spot and uh, Daly returned uh, back to action, uh, finishing up third. Yeah, so definitely chaos. <laughs> and, uh, tough one for Nachman, obviously. What about Sunday? Was uh, Did she find the speed again on Sunday? Or? Sunday came out quick again uh, under the wet course. Yeah, it's um, wet, right? That's right. Yeah. So for wet, wet track for qualifying, was able to set fast time. Uh, pre-final was basically a five-driver fight. Uh, everybody mixing it up uh, with Lida able to come away with the victory. Uh, and then again on Sunday in the final, um, some some more. Oh, see, I got my notes back mixed up. <laughs> That's all right. Reset. So the contact that I was talking about actually happened on Sunday. So let me do, do a little quick restart here. So let's go back to Saturday. See, I, I, I messed, messed up my notes there. So yeah, good. So Saturday was a was a duel between uh, was was contact between Pesic and Knockman. Pesic, okay. Pesic jumped out to the lead. Uh, Knockman got dropped down to, to third, but got her way back up to second and then tried to get by Pesic at the hairpin uh, and the two made contact. So that allowed uh, Lida to go to the win with uh, Venberg second, Byron Daly third. Sunday, let's go back to so kind of what I already said earlier. Uh, Knockman, <laughs> Daly, Lida fighting for first. Contact was made in the double rights. Uh, Knockman and Daly went off. Uh, Lida then went on to, to score the provisional victory, uh, but was penalized for the contact that happened in that double rights so that he had that victory taken away. That promoted Derek Hughes up to the, to the first spot or to the win, uh, who came from the 10th spot, drove all the way up, finished second, but was given a pushback bumper penalty, which took away the win. So then you go down the order and you come up with Ari Venberg, who was named the winner, earning her first WK victory over Nate Dean and Dakota Pesic. <laughs> wow. All right, then. Okay. Uh, interesting. That was it. Was just the class just characterized by some aggressive racing? Like, you know, you mentioned a lot of stuff there. Is that kind of, was that kind of the deal? Again, you know, it was chaotic. It was right. a bit chaotic. Um, you know, the Nachman... Uh, you know, it was just one of those where she didn't quite have the real estate to make the move and and just drove over Pesic. And which was ironic because they actually penalized Pesic for the contact. So, uh, again, a questionable call. Um, when I talked to Lida about the move, he was on the outside and said uh, Daly moved over to moved to the left over onto him, which caused Daly to spin. And then Nachman got caught up into it. But yet, Lida got the penalty. So I'm waiting because, again, the 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 Pesic one I saw clearly it was not Pesic's fault. Uh, yet they penalized Pesic for it. The one on Sunday, um, you know, Lida obviously is is saying it wasn't his fault. Uh, but 
I didn't, I didn't quite get to see it because I was taking some photos and was looking at, you know, obviously the images and, uh, didn't get to see it. So I'm waiting to see some onboard. Yeah. Onboard is always good to see. Let's, uh, let's, let's, we'll say that right now. Come on, folks, post your onboard on Facebook. We want to see it. Uh, David, let's move into IAMI junior. Now, uh, you said that there was like 14 drivers on track down a little bit from last year. They had 26 there last year, 14 this time around who, uh, which drivers were able to step things up. Well, Daytona saw Connor Zillage just walk away uh, and sweep the weekend down there in Daytona, and we thought it was going to be the same thing uh, coming in. But uh, Isaac Beekman was able to to snap that streak uh, with fast lap and qualifying. But uh, after that, it was all Zillage as uh, when he, he won both uh, heat races and went on to score the victory in the main event, uh, outrunning Brent Cruz and then Paige Crawford, who was making her WK junior debut on the weekend good for page that's solid what about sunday sunday again you know kind of mixed up again with the rain in in the morning uh hayden jones aboard the nitro cart uh set fast time and then was able to hold off everybody in the pre-final uh for the for the win in that race but uh the final it was kind of a little bit chaotic as well too because this was one of the fields that was wasn't the largest but wasn't it was one of the closest fields with probably the all 14 drivers within three tenths of a second uh after qualifying so wow that's you pretty know, during solid. during the racing you know you made an error you would either get passed by two or four carts at one time so <laughs> okay. uh, that was kind of the scene in the main event and it actually ended up being chloe chambers coming lat from dead last 14th all the way through the field as guys would not work together and kept passing and so it just kept opening the door for her kept opening the door opening the door and uh, Chambers was able to come through and score the victory uh, over Brent Cruz and Hayden Jones. What happened to uh, Zilich in that race? Uh, obviously, you said he was so strong. A couple of heat race wins on Saturday, wins the uh, wins the final. What what happened on Sunday? There was, you know, as the guys were racing pretty heated, uh, there was a little bit of contact, and Zilich got a little sideways uh, going through the S's and uh, kind of, you know, maybe tweaked his, uh, his ribs a little bit that he's been kind of nursing, uh, throughout the year and then, and, and just pulled right off, uh, after the spin, obviously falling to the tail of the pack after, uh, looping it around. One of the things I find interesting, you know, we talk a lot about, uh, the young ladies that we have in karting, you know, I get, I get into a lot of conversations when I'm at the road, to Indy races or the Indy car races, asking about some of the young girls that are coming up through the ranks. And, you know, just as you've gone through what the first three categories, uh, we're talking about some really fast, young girls and girls in the, uh, in the WK manufacturers cup program. It's really, it's really cool to see. Yeah. You add Ari Venberg and, and Chloe chambers to the long list of female winners, uh, through the WK program. Yeah. It yeah. seems like they're, they just, the female drivers tend to shine, uh, in the WK categories, uh, a little bit more than some of the other programs that we have. But, uh, you know, again, you look at the kid carts and the, and the micro classes and, and even now mini, uh, and then of course these junior categories, there's a lot of female drivers, uh, in, in those, in those groups. Yeah. I love to see it. That's fantastic. Uh, Dave, let's cap off our first half of the race report with K eight 100 junior. You know, again, a tight, a tight field, uh, guy, you know, drivers really close together. Um, and you really couldn't tell who was going to stand out. Uh, Chloe Chambers set fast time in qualifying on Saturday, uh, Brent Cruz and Connor Zillage both uh, took heat wins, but it ended up being Zillage that was that was able to get away and score the victory. 
Uh, he won over last year's race winner, uh, Tyler Wettengal, uh, with uh, Chambers ended up uh, completing the podium in third. Big field too, right? I think you said 17 drivers in, in the category. That's a pretty solid field these days. Yeah, 17 drivers in the field. Again, you know, a little bit of mix. There were some some younger drivers, uh, you know, again, as we talk about Brent Cruz moving up, yeah. uh, Sam Corey moving up to uh, junior racing, and even Gavin Boy- Boyshell, uh moving up uh, racing K100 uh, as well. So it was kind of a mix of, of regular junior drivers, but some new ones as well. You know, funny that Gavin Boyshell was there because uh, I went over really quickly. I was at the, uh, the IndyCar race down at Circuit of the Americas, and they had a USAC quarter midget race there. And uh, Aaron Likens, who we know, of, of course, as the flagman for Supercarts USA, was there. So I thought I'd slip over real quick and at the end of the day on Saturday and say hello and, and have a quick chat with Aaron. Well, they, they were already wrapped up, which I was like, oh, I, was, I was disappointed. They were all wrapped up. I wanted to see some racing, but they had a really, I guess they had a super, super clean day and got done quickly. And as I'm walking through the, the paddock talking to my buddy, um, uh, uh, Butch Lamb, who uh, is uh, their announcer there and does some, does some, uh, some race gear. I ran into the, the Bochelle family <laughs> and they're, they're, they run quarter midgets as well. And we talked a little bit, like we, we race here and we're doing WK next week. And I thought that was cool to see him going kind of double duty, doing a bunch of different, uh, different deals, running both the quarter midgets and carding. And it's, it's cool to see him do well again. Yeah. He was, uh, I believe at battle of the brickyard as well. So wow. while we were on the, uh, carding track, yeah. they were, they were at the USAC. So I love it. I think that's a, another kid that uh, races pretty much every weekend, whether it's quarter midget or <laughs> they love it. They love it. All right. What about on Sunday? Let's, let's, uh, let's wrap up KO 100 junior. So Sunday looked to be a, uh, a Zillage sweep, uh, setting fast time and qualifying and winning the pre-final, but the final came down to basically a last lap battle uh, with uh, Zillage Cruz and Dylan Christie in the mix. Uh, Cruz and Zillage went back and forth a couple corners in the last lap. And Cruz jumped out to the lead, and then Christie nearly got the lead again, uh, stole it from both of them, but uh, settled for second as uh, Cruz took the victory. And then uh, Zillage had to settle for third. So an, an, another great uh, last lap battle in that category. You know, David, for you and I, who uh, obviously watch a lot of these races, whether it's from the PA booth or on track when you're out shooting, there's nothing like in a, a race like that that kind of you know that builds that crescendo, the excitement to that, that last lap fight. I just love the last lap battle because it's all about strategy, right? Where do I need to be? Where do I defend? If a guy's going to defend on you, how do you make the move through that corner and get him at the next corner? I love, love a good last lap battle. It sounds like that was a pretty good one. Yeah, that double right-hander uh, after the hairpin sets up for, for an interesting scenario. And then, of course, <laughs> uh, going into the last corner, guys will will tend to overshoot the apex a little bit, which provides a great uh, a great um, drag race to the line, which we'll talk about uh, after our commercial break. Again, quick little break, as David did say here on the EKN Radio Network. When we do come back, uh, we'll have Mini Swift, Micro Swift, Briggs 206 Cadet, and we'll wrap up the race reports, uh, this edition of the EKN Debrief with Kid Cart. As Dave said, stick around. More to come here on the EKN Radio Network. Hello, karting fans. This is Andy Saisman, and you are locked in to the EKN Radio Network. As a world leader in personal racing safety products with a sales and service staff and dealer network unmatched in motorsports, Simpson Performance Products is now the official North American distributor for Stilo helmets. In addition to their wildly popular auto racing helmets, Stilo is extremely excited to have made their move into the karting community with a pair of stellar options. 
Stilo has two helmets designed and manufactured specifically for karting. The Stilo ST5 CMR 2016 for kids and the Stilo ST5 Kart Snell K 2015 adult karting helmet. The company's karting helmets are directly derived from Stilo's auto racing helmets that are so popular at the top levels of racing. Drivers rave about the superior comfort levels as well as Stilo's lightweight construction and unparalleled field of vision, a crucial attribute for karting. For more information on Stilo, check them out at simpsonperformanceproducts.com slash Stilo or by following them on social media at Stilo USA. You probably know Nitro Kart for making a class-leading cadet chassis. The kart that swept the 2018 Scusa Supernats cadet divisions and has won scores of races and championships all over the country. But did you know that Nitro Kart offers a full range of carts, including a kid kart and a brand new full-size chassis? Now racers of all ages can enjoy the Nitro Kart advantage of premium components, superior performance, and a wide range of tunable handling. All 2019 Nitro Karts are in stock now, so call Nick Tucker at 704-818-7868 and order yours today. Hi, I'm Ashley Rojero, a multi-time international champion, but most kids know me as coach. Under the tent, we aren't just friends. Everyone grows to become family. It all breaks down to two simple choices. You can either spend your time winning with us, or spend your time trying to beat us. Hello, karting fans. This is Sean Bailiff with Trendy Karting Group, and you're locked into the EKN Radio Network. Welcome back to episode number 44 of the EKN Debrief. This show brought to you by IAMI USA East. We're talking about the WK Manufacturers Cup Series trip to GoPro Motorplex in Mooresville, the BBS Nationals. David, uh, into the race report here presented by Precision Karting Technologies. Let's uh, jump into Micro Swift, or rather Mini Swift, because uh, interesting, 21 drivers last year, 12 this year, hopefully would have hoped for more Mini Swifts. But in just looking at some of the drivers, you're talking about some pretty good talent here in the Man Cup this year. It was a very competitive field uh, with just 12 drivers, but uh, really three drivers kind of set the tone uh, throughout the weekend, one of them being Caleb Graffar, the other two being Nitro Kart drivers, Adam Brickley and Cameron Weinberg. Uh, Those three really set the stage uh, throughout the day. Graffar setting fast time and qualifying, Cameron Weinberg and Graffar each taking a heat race win. And then their battle continued on into the final. Um, Weinberg was a lost the the uh the draft from the top two so it ended up being Graffar and Brickley uh racing for the win which came down to again another last lap last corner battle and the two drag race to the line with uh Graffar edging out Brickley by 41 thousandths of a second uh and then Weinberg finishing up third Uh, good for them um coming back again this the the theme of this whole thing is you know you have that pace in the dry on Saturday, then as you said from the top, Dave, when you kind of gave us the overview, things kind of change. Find out who's going to be quick with the with the damp conditions, right? The wet conditions and qualifying. How did things go on Sunday? Well, it was still the same guys uh, out front. Uh, so in the mini swift, we didn't really see too much of a change uh, with uh, the fast drivers up front. Brickley was able to go out and uh, score fast time in qualifying, but Graffar came out uh, the winner in the pre-final. 
And then again, uh, another, uh, what you expected was to be another duel between those three, uh, but contact uh, happened uh, in the opening lap between Graffar and Weinberg. Weinberg got spent, uh, spun around and then uh, joined the field at the tail of the field. Uh, so that put it to be, so that made it between a fight between uh, Graffar and Brickley. Uh, and they went to the last lap and uh, in the hairpin, the two went side by side with a little bit of contact and Brickley uh, lost a chain, uh, which allowed Graffar to go on to reach the checkered flag first. Uh, but officials uh, marked Graffar down for uh, contact, unavoidable contact, and uh, basically took the victory away. So that gave the uh, the win to uh, Danny Dzelski with Miles Murray moved up to second. And then uh, Ava Dobson earning her first podium in the Michael Swift uh, category. Good for Ava. That's awesome. I saw a picture of her on social media running that uh, that mohawk, that pink mohawk. I love that. I think. Nope, different driver. I thought, I thought that was Ava. Nope. Are you sure? Different driver. Yep. No, I'll have to go look online. Who is it then? I'm I sure was, I saw uh, Hanson. Last name Hanson. I thought, you know what I saw? I saw it on the Stilo no, USA Ava, deal. That was a micro, that was a micro driver for Merlin. I, I, I know the last name. I can't think of her first name. I'm going, you know what? You're going to keep talking. I'm going to Facebook because I got to figure this out because I'm sure I saw this last night. I'm going to go find it. Anyways. Yeah, uh, I know exactly the photo you're talking about. Dude, I hear you, dog. <laughs> but listen, I got to, listen. I know I'm getting old, but I got to, I'm yeah. going, I'm, I'm figuring this stuff out. All right, listen. I'll help well, you out because the mini numbers are 100s. <laughs> and this was a number 26. I guarantee then maybe it. the guy from Stila USA messed it up. Then I'll there you see. go. I'll figure it out here. Let's right. Hey, listen, I'll, while I go search here to try to see if I'm not losing my mind, um, let's talk about micro swift because, you know, anytime you look at a program, David, you got good numbers, like 20 in the, in the, you know, in the young kid class, you know, man cups got 15 drivers in kid cart, 20 drivers in micro swift. Those are the drivers that are going to be in mini, you know, next year, the year after. So 20 drivers is, is a good, it's a good place to look you've got some young talent, some young drivers in man cup. Yeah. As you stated, I think it's having the kid carts uh, in the program is helping the, the micro category grow uh, with WK and we're seeing actual micro numbers uh, growing elsewhere too. So um, that's good to see, which uh, bodes well, hopefully for the sport in general uh, moving forward. Uh, But this, this weekend um, the micro category, as you said, was the biggest, uh, category that we had on the weekend and provided some excitement uh, throughout the weekend. Uh, Jordan Sherwood set fast time in qualifying, but it was Spencer Conrad who uh, dominated the rest of the day, uh, winning both heat races and earning the victory in the final. Uh, Hoyt Moore ended up second with Aiden Patty finishing in third. Overall solid racing with the drivers in micro swift. It's, it's interesting when you and I go to a lot of these races it's almost like they sometimes have the best racecraft. You, know, you, you talked they about do. the fact, yeah, one of the last races, I think it was, I think it was Mini Swift. You said the drivers really weren't working together. They were battling back and forth, whatever it may be. And, and they kind of were able to work their way up there, which made me laugh. We, you and I watch these micro Swift classes and they're the ones that, you know, line up and the front three, front four pull away. They drop a driver. The three pull away. They drop a driver. It's, it's cool to see the racecraft within the micro Swift racers. Well, yeah, you you can tell the ones that uh, are have developed a little bit more racecraft, but I think more so, you know, as we talked about in our in the overall in the paddock pass is is respect. I think each of these kids have respect for one another. They're not trying to, you know, they're not trying to wreck the other drivers. Yeah, they're not true. trying to make contact or do any of that. They just want to race their friends and have fun. So that's 
that's kind of why I think this this micro division provides that uh, cleaner the cleaner racing that we do see. Uh, but again, you know, when even though it's clean, it's still competitive. And and this on Sunday, it was very competitive with Conrad getting pressured throughout the day nice. uh, by Austin Olds. Um, Conrad ended up setting fast time in qualifying and winning the prefinal in a photo finish over Austin Olds. Uh, but the two swap positions uh, in the main event as Olds was able to learn from what he did in the prefinal to grab and steal the victory in the main event over Conrad, beating him to the line by 72 thousandths of a second <laughs> for his first victory. That's yeah. awesome. First victory is always good, right? Yep. And then Aiden Patty had another podium finishing third again. So two vi- two podiums for him. And two podiums for Conrad as well. Okay, good stuff. So I, I've got the update here. I went to the Stilo USA f- Facebook page, and you're right. It's not Ava Dobson. It was Ava Hansen. There you go. Did you say Ava? See, I didn't know they had the same first name. Yeah, Ava Hansen. Now, it's, it's she's. I guess she wears the Stilo ST5 CMR, which is the smaller helmet for kids. And, yeah, she's got the uh, she's got the blue iridium shield and the pink-purple mohawk. I dig that. I think that's awesome. Now, see, I, I had somebody question me. Now, when you move out of kid carts, does that mean you need to stop doing the Mohawk? I don't know. Why? Do you have to? Is it? I don't know. Is, is there like, should, just general, is there, is it, should there be like an age limit for the Mohawk? Do you think, do you think micro is still kind of that, that cool age to, to, to rock the Mohawk? I think you can rock the Mohawk till you're a master's. If you... <laughs> oh God. Okay. Rock. Uh, yep. Brad of the brickyard. I want to see a Mohawk. On well, I was helmet. thinking more of you. I could I, maybe I would get you a nice one, Dave. No, I'm not. I'm not a Mohawk kind of guy. I think I think Micro's I, fine, don't you think? I think Micro and Mini's I, fine. I think you keep rocking. I think Micro's fine. Yeah, I was just you know th- again throwing a question that I that I heard overheard. Hey, hold on. Uh, on the weekend. wasn't wasn't there a dude that used to race Rotax like in the mid 2000s that had a Mohawk on top of his helmet too or something like that? I I don't, I, there was a guy racing Briggs with Mohawks at Rock Island every year. So you know, again. I guess it's it's hey have it's a personal preference. Have a good you know? time, right? We talk about carding being fun, right? Have some fun with it. And I think I love it. I think it's great. Anyways, so yes, it was Ava Hansen, not Ava Dobson. Ava Dobson, Dang. I apologize. Ava Hansen, I apologize to you as well. I dig it. You are you're on it. Yeah, she does run in Merlin, and I think it looks good. That's that's my call. Uh, David, let's jump into Briggs 206 Cadet. I think you mentioned the fact that it uh, it was one of the bigger categories, 18 in total. And Briggs 206 Cadets. So uh, that was a, a first year addition, right? To the series in, in Man Cup full time. This is, yeah, it was a local, ca- uh, local option category. Yeah. Every, uh, both, both GoPro events that we've been down, down there last year. And then now 2019, it's an official category uh, running for championships. So yes, uh, again, one of, one of the, uh, one of the biggest classes on the weekend. Uh, one of the most competitive ca- classes as well, too. Uh, Christopher McKeithen uh, set fast time in qualifying, it, but it was Spencer Conrad and Danny Dazelski earning r- heat race wins. And then, so add a fourth driver into that mix because it was <laughs> a four driver, basically a four driver pack uh, racing for the victory uh, in the main event as Artin Grimm was able to edge out Conrad and McKeithen for the po- for the victory with the top three actually finishing 85 thousandths of a second. Wow. Were they like th- three wide coming across the line? Obviously no, McKeithen was, was able to, to, to push Grimm across the line. So Ooh, it was okay, a, yeah, it was, a, it was a nice little shake and bake move by Grimm <laughs> and McKeithen. <laughs> shake and bake. 
Like it was it. all a total yeah. shake and bake because because there was no way that Grimm was going to win except for McKeithen on his bumper because he you know coming out of that corner again you know that that over under and and Grimm pulled it off yeah. right but didn't quite have the speed coming out but McKeithen was right there to to help push him across the line. If you smell a crispy treat, shake and bake. <laughs> <laughs> all right, how about on Sunday? Uh, everybody kind of stepping up, or or how did the? Let's just let's, let me ask this question. How did the 206 Briggs guys handle the wet in the morning? Uh, very well, very well. And actually their pre-final was the, was the dramatic one as it was the shift between wet tires and dry tires. Uh, okay. I didn't think um, dry tires are going to be able to, uh, to be able to be run with the lighter weight, you know, Briggs powered lower horsepower. But Danny Dzelski proved me wrong uh, as he uh, was able to win the pre-final. Again, Spencer Conrad scoring scoring the fast lap and qualifying in the wet conditions. But the dry tires ended up being the way to go in the pre-final with Danny Dzelski uh, scoring so quick, the win there. Yeah. Quick question, Dave. Was it was it like racer's option? Were, were there some guys on oh, yeah. dries and some guys on wets at that oh, point? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. The, the, the entire day was racer's option. Ooh, so. I like it. So that's, you know, again, whenever you have the ability, because again, it wasn't raining yeah. when, when, when practice started there, were, it was windy and it was cloudy, but there was no raindrops coming down. So okay. they left it as driver's option, which was a good call to make. I like it. Yeah. So, so obviously some chaos, not chaos, but some excitement, as you say, uh, with Dzelski going on the slicks, how did things play out in what was a, obviously a dry final? So in the final, uh, it was actually Grimm and McKeithen who were able to get away from the field at the start. Uh, and as they were negotiating some lap traffic, uh, Grimm made the wrong decision and made contact with one of the lappers, which essentially took him out of the race. That allowed McKeithen to go on and score the victory unchallenged. Mm. Uh, Dzelski ended up finishing second with Nash Gerke, who I believe had an issue in qualifying and basically started last in the pre-final worked his way all the way up uh, to third. So a good, a good end to the day for, uh, for him. Good stuff. Let's, let's cap off the race report again, brought to you by precision karting technologies today. Kid cart, David, a good field, 15 drivers in the kid cart class. Yep. Another uh, successful event uh, for the kid carters Um, scoring the victory. His first WK victory was uh, Max Christie. Uh, as he was able to be able to outrun uh, Holden Harder and Colton McQuaid. Uh, Sunday, it was Harder that looked to be the driver to beat throughout the day, earning fast time and qualifying, winning the pre-final. But a slight mistake cost him the lead in the final, which allowed uh, Christie to go ahead and score a second victory on the weekend. Uh, Jacob Scheibel slid into second, and then Harder dropped to third. There it is, folks. That's the race report from the WK Manufacturers Cup race, the BBS Nationals at GoPro Motorplex in Mooresville. This is episode number 44 of the EKN Debrief. Before we uh, let David wrap things up and have a look at maybe the Constructors' Championship, talk about the next event on the Manufacturers' Cup Series. David, let's jump into the EKN Live race calendar where we look at where we're going to be over the next couple of weeks. Uh, This uh, this edition of the race calendar presented by Cartlift. 15 years of bringing racers the best karting products is what Cartlift is all about. Whether it's their industry-leading winch lift motorized lift stand, their stand-up tire changer, or their chassis skid plates, you can be sure that their products are well thought out and designed to make your race, race weekend more productive and to save wear and tear on your body and equipment. Cartlift Cart Stands, built in the USA, built to last. 
All right, David. Uh, <laughs> we had a wild one this last uh, this this last weekend. The the first weekend of our hashtag dual weekend double double. Uh, we were I was actually we're doing it. We'll be doing another debrief tomorrow. I was down at the Texas Pro Kart Challenge race in Denton. Uh, you, of course, as we just have detailed, were at uh, Mooresville for the the GoPro race for the Man Cup. We're doing it all again. It's uh, what two days here in the office. Uh, do some laundry. Uh, repack the suitcase and get at it. Uh, so for April 5th, 6th, and 7th, this coming weekend, I'll be heading to the Challenge of the Americas uh, at Sim Raceway Performance Karting Center in Sonoma. Um, had you been going, they really would be on you because there's probably going to be wet. It's probably going to rain out there. That's what they're forecasting, and that would have been your fifth straight rain race. No, no, no. Uh, it'll be. Don't worry. Right? Don't worry. It's coming but, this weekend for me, too. <laughs> I'll be with uh, Chappie. Tim Chapman on the mic. I'll probably help him out a little bit here and there, but Tim's the uh, Chappie's going to be the guy on the mic there. I'll be doing, I'll essentially be David Cole that weekend. I'm uh, going to handle the broadcast, handle the reports, all the social media. And uh, as planned right now, I'm going to be getting behind the wheel as well. I'm going to drive a, a VLR powered uh, Burrell uh, for Andy Saisman's FTK crew, uh, getting a sample of that new Rock Cup VLR engine. David, the same weekend, I'm going to be, we're, we're, we couldn't be much farther apart unless I was probably in Seattle or something like that, because you're going to be in Ocala, Florida for the opening round of the USPKS, United States Pro Kart Series. Looking forward to that? Uh, it's going to rain. So no. <laughs> Is it really going to rain? Uh, I believe today when I looked, it was Friday and Sunday going to rain. Five for five. Five for five. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm like Michael Jordan when it comes to rain. You just keep knocking them down. Good for you. Uh, so again, let a little like a little look though at. I know, I know that you know you're working on your preview for the USPKS. I'll start my preview probably Wednesday or Thursday for uh, the finale for the Challenge of the Americas as we look at the championship battles. They're of course at different ends of their schedule spectrum. Numbers I'm hearing pretty good for USPKS. Yeah, they're over 150 for pre-entry. So wow, uh, okay. solid uh, fields throughout uh, the categories. Uh, X30 Pro is is one of the largest, uh, and then you got the junior categories as well. Mini is going to be probably uh, one of the like a national event uh, with the type of drivers that are down that are uh, registered for that category. So um, an amazing event, definitely. Um, I I want to say over forty more entries than they had last year at uh, at Ocala, and so it's getting back to that hundred yeah that one hundred and fifty mark, which. Um, USPKS really started out with uh, during their uh, second and third seasons. Well, you know, the uh, the move to the three race format, I think it was big. It, it took some pressure off. This is this is a the, the USPKS. If you're an East Coast driver, is a series that you can run. Uh, it's three races. You can you can pair it with whatever else you're going to do. And I think that's obviously paying off for them a little bit. And I, and I hope everybody has a good run down there in Ocala. David, as we cap off the look at the EK and live race calendar, trackside live race calendar, uh, you and I, I think we're both looking to Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. We finally get a chance to take a deep breath. Uh, we get to reset essentially three weeks off uh, from being traveling. <laughs> it's no, no time off in the office, that's for sure. But we're going to get a chance to kind of take a deep breath, reset, do some spring cleaning. Because once we get going again in May, I know I know I'm I'm on the road every weekend in May. Now I I threw in my road to Indy and my IndyCar radio stuff there as well. But I know you've got a lot of races to go to, and we get going big time starting May. But three weeks off, and then we head back to Utah for the first time in what I think it's seven years, right? Since the Supercarts USA Pro Tour 
was at uh, up at what was then Miller Motorsports Park, now Utah Motorsports Campus. The Spring Nationals, May 3rd, 4th, and 5th. I believe it was 2013, or was I wrong in that? I think it's 12. Was it 12? Let me see yeah. here. No, uh, no, it was 2013. Yep. Sh- really? Nope. Oh, nope. That no, was Grand 12. Junction. Sorry, 2012. So, yep, 2012. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's part of my hashtag a- freedom tour. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, so it's been uh, seven years since uh, yeah. Scoos has been back there. Um, it's been a few years since we've been there. Uh, we've been there with other events uh, that have happened there. Agreed. Yeah. But uh, I'm looking forward to going back again. Another uh, high class facility. Um, you know, again paired with uh, the Miller Motor. You know, the, the the road course that they have there, and all the other uh, facility. You know, race courses that they have there. It's uh, it's phenomenal to go there. Well, number one, I got to practice at Utah Motorsports Campus. Right. Because you know it's like it. Laguna Seca, right? I almost said yeah, Miller Motorsports. Motorsports Park. Yeah. <laughs> I know Miller Motorsports Park's ingrained in our head. Uh, and the other thing is, um, what the hell is Erda? Erda? I couldn't tell you. I looked I it was- up, and it, it's part of the you know the district that the actual <laughs> racetrack is in. But you know, I guess it has to deal with like where maybe the the mailbox or the office is. But um, yeah, folks, we, for all the years. Miller Motorsports Park was in Tuele, Utah. Well, this, on everything they've got now, it's Erda, Erda, Utah. Yeah, and I like Tuele. It's it's basically a little you know township or you know <laughs> whatever you want to call it. They whatever it yeah, is, something in Tuella County. So that's it. It's, well, it's that's been there. Again. They just never used the name, which is which is odd. You know, I I you know again a lot of you know a lot of places use that the major town that it's near. True. And so, you know, for, you know, they're like, well, where's Erda? Nobody knows where Erda is. It, it's one of those <laughs> little small, you know, districts that nobody knows about. So when you say Tuella, oh, I know where Tuella is. Everybody, you know, it's it's the little Good major point. city that's or town that's near the race course. So. Good point. Good point. So, folks, that's our EK Trackside Live race calendar again presented today by uh, by Cartlift. Uh, David and I will cap off our dual weekend double-double this coming weekend, April 5th, 6th, and 7th. I am taking uh, the plane to San Francisco to the final round, the finale of the Challenge of the Americas. Looking forward to that event at Sim Raceway Performance Karting Center in Sonoma. David heading down to Ocala, Florida for the opening round of the USPKS, the United States Pro Kart Series. Great numbers uh, being called uh, for that event. And then we get that little break in the action, kind of reset everything. And, and really prime ourselves for what's going to be a mad dash to essentially the end of September as we have a ton of races to head to. That is the Scusa Pro Tour Spring Nationals on May 3rd, 4th, and 5th. All right, David, let's wrap. Yeah, can't, but- we, can't we just say Salt Lake City? You know what? We used to say Salt Lake City, did we not? We did. That's what, we that's did. What we're flying into. All right, Dave, wrap this thing up. Again, this was the the debrief of the Manufacturers Cup race at, at, uh, at Mooresville. As we always do here for the wrap up, let's have a look at the championship, uh, the constructors' championship breakdown. Which which chassis were able to to notch some wins for our EKN constructors' championship point standings? Well, overall, we were back to the single digits. We only had seven brands win on the weekend. We were seeing, uh, you know, anywhere between ten or more uh, throughout the weekends. But again, only eight categories. But we just saw a number of double ups, uh, not only with drivers but with uh, yeah. chassis brands as well. Uh, leading the way was Nitro Kart, earning four victories on the weekend, uh, earning their first in the 
full-size chassis with yeah. uh, K100 and Emery Lida uh, scoring that victory on Saturday. Um, top cart scoring two in kid carts along with a micro with Austin Olds picking up his first win. So they scored uh, three to be uh, second place overall on the weekend. Merlin, Cosmic, Tony Cart, Cart Republic, all each scoring two wins apiece. And then Burrell Art with one victory in many thanks to Caleb Graffar. And I think, as I was told on the weekend, that was one of the first wins in Burrell Art uh, in WK competition. It's been a while. It's uh, been a while, yeah. You go back to, you go back to the 90s and they were winning like crazy. Even, uh, yeah, early 2000s. Um, so it's it's I'll have to look back and see when the you know when the last time an actual Burrell Art cart uh, won in WK competition. I yeah. it's it's got to be at least two, three, four years. Oh, so you're not going to go that far back? Yeah, you, you well, know what? Four Great. years is a long time. You get that's a new true. president in that time. <laughs> no, you're right, Dave. But that would be you know that's a really that would be a cool side note. Find out, do some digging on that deal for sure. Um, Folks, next event for the WK Manufacturers Cup. Uh, David Cole, of course, will uh, connect again with uh, Eric Brennan for EK and live coverage of the event at SeaTech Manufacturing Motorplex, essentially the cart track at Road America in Elkhart, Wisconsin, Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. David, you excited to head back there? I am. There's a lot of different reasons of why. One, I I'm excited. Uh, to see the the new pavement, uh, the yeah. track was repaved at the start of 2018 season. Um, some regional competitions have already been held there uh, last year, uh, so they they praised the uh, the new surface, which was really slick surface. And so we'll see how it fares uh, this year. Uh, there won't be very many races run on it before uh, the WKA Man Cup Series heads there, so that'll be interesting. And again, this is the first time the program's been back there since 2010 when they hosted both man cup and road racing there. So, uh, it's been a while. Um, I, I believe that was the last time I was there it was 2010. I raced, I think one of the years, I can't remember which year it was, but my dad raced there that year, I believe in 2010. So it's, it's been a while since we've been there. Uh, looking forward to anything in terms of food wise. I know, you know, you're not a brats and beer kind of guy. So like, what are you thinking about when you go to Wisconsin? Yeah, I'm not. A, no, it's not, not so much the beers or brats. It's more of the Seepkins, uh, yeah. you know, being right there in Elkhart Lake, you know, the, the famed bar and restaurants uh, in Elkhart Lake, right, right there along the lake. Um, that's is, that is for sure a stop whether it be Thursday night or Friday night. Yeah, if you ever go into Seepkins and look around, one of the things about Seepkins is it's a fantastic bar, uh, racer bar for sure. You know, Mario Andretti, you name it, AJ Foyt, the big dogs have all been there. All the road race guys have been in there. Uh, they have one of those cool pictures that's done where you see all the all the old racers that have been there before. Um, Seepkins is just a legendary place. But when you go in there, everybody puts their decals up. And if you go in there, there's an EK, EKN decal in there. There's a Shifter Card Illustrated decal in there. There's a Formula Car Magazine decal in there. We've been in there many times, David, in the years past when they when they used to run the road race there. And uh, uh, that hate the fact that we're not there racing road racing anymore. Well, road racing, I believe you're there for Stars of Karting back in we the were. day. You're right. Um, I believe Scusa Pro Moto Tour might have been there. I don't think so. No, uh, I don't, I don't think so. Early, just, no? just, just stars of karting. Graham Rahal on the podium actually I, that year. Okay, yeah. see, I thought, I thought they before it, it shut down at the end of '04, they were there. I don't so. think so. I don't think we ever ran there. Not okay. that I remember. 
But I do remember, yeah, I do remember the Ray Hall uh, Stars of Carding win. Marco was running. I think Marco was running there at one point too. I think he was in. Uh, he might have been Yamaha. in like Yamaha. Yeah, with with John Navoso. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to get. And again, this is going to be the first of two events uh, in the state of Wisconsin, the Badger State, yep. uh, for uh, the WKA Manufactured Cup Series. As of course they go to uh, the Badger Kart Club uh, in Dowsman, uh, later in the year. Dowsman. Dowsman. That is May 17th, 18th, 19th folks. The WK manufacturers cup at SeaTech manufacturing motorplex at road America in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. You can find David Cole trackside or having a rum and Coke at Seepkins. So David. stay away, stay away from tequila. <laughs> wow. <laughs> John Russell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And no on offs, Dave. That, that's a story yeah. I can tell. That's a story. That was, I, that's all your fault. It is my fault for sure. That part is your fault. The rest of it was John Russell. No doubt. I, nah. <laughs> it was. It was. There's been a lot of great times at Road America, a legendary facility, of course, uh, for any kind of car racing, but karting as well. Well, yeah, and think about the 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 number of people that have never raced there. I mean, with WK yeah, no. not being there for nine years. Yeah. I mean, that's the entire kid kart field. It's <laughs> almost the entire micro swift field. Yep. So there's a lot, you know, there's 40, 50 families there that have never raced at Road America if they're not from the state of Wisconsin. I've never, you know what, I've never raced a cart there. I actually went there in the late 90s when I first started working for National Cart News. And I got a chance, to, I drove a lay down, I can't remember what it was, a, a lay down Yamaha pipe or something like that. I I, I, I just did some laps just to check, check it out. I ran, I think I ran the sprint race. You know, they used to have the, the, the sprint race with the two guys, you know, the partner race. To, you team know, the, race, the, team the, race. The team race. I ran that. Uh, and I've raced it in a formula V and I've raced it in a, in a chump car deal, but I've never actually raced at the super nationals, which was the name of the, the road America super nationals back in the day. That's something I really wish I would have done, uh, before, you know, the essentially got shut down. That'd yeah. If you look, if you're come to my office, there's eight, eight photos of, uh, eight yep. different years that I raced there. I believe there's a couple missing. I want to say 98. No. I can't see. I think 99 was my first year there. That's awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, because no, 98 was my first year. You know, Dave, you try to tell stories to people about what that was like. And it went when they had 100, 125 shifters on the grid. And right. It was just that was I, I just remember watching. I remember watching those races from turn from turn five and then walking over to Canada Corner. But watch them come down to turn five, five, six wide coming down into the corner. It was just the 125 shifters at the height of the road racing, you know, time in, in our sport over the last 20 years, that was an absolutely phenomenal thing to watch. It, it was amazing. It, I mean, there's, there was nothing like it. You know, I got to be able to take part and I think it was maybe 80 shifters, <sighs> but still just, just that, it, it, I mean, there's nothing that can match it. Um, other than maybe, you know, say the, the early years of the actual Scusa super nationals when you were racing s2 against 80 guys yeah, you know guys, that that yeah. type of thing so we just don't see that or daytona you know when they had 150 drivers on the grid for one class yeah. for one um, class you know, that, yeah yeah for one class so that's uh that's the type of stuff that uh yeah like you said nobody will really understand it's a, it's a shame that we don't have that and you know let's let's just we'll cap this edition of the, the debrief office we talk about road america just have a little shoot here about road racing uh, early on when, when I got a chance to race more, uh, and I had my 125 shifter, I did race at, at mid Ohio. And I think there was 85 guys in the class. I started right in the middle, I think 37th or something. And, and man, it was just so much fun to run at mid Ohio, to run at a track that I'd watched IndyCar on before. And that's, 
you know, 125 shifter racing on road courses is still big, guys. If you've got a 125 Honda and you say to yourself, hey, there's not a lot of place for me to race anymore with my 125, you know, my CR125 shifter, think about going road racing. It's great people. It's a lot of fun. It's easy on the body. And you get to race some absolutely, you know, iconic racing facilities. Not Road America anymore, but you're still on Mid-Ohio. You're still racing on some of these amazing racetracks. David, I know you you and your family did a lot of road racing. So let's just put it out there. Let's just say, right? Let's just say, guys, if, if you get a 125 shifter and you haven't road raced yet, call somebody and think about going road racing. Oh, for sure. Without a doubt. Um, Laguna Seca is one that we're, we're yeah. you know, I, I we keep eyeing at. Um, they had another successful event here, I believe, in, in was it uh, beginning of March? Uh, or end of February. So that was one. Yeah. I, I pulled up sort of 2002 results was 104 carts uh, in the shifter category in 2002. Wow. What? Man. All right, David. So here's what we're going to say then. David, this is folks. This is David's 15th year working for Howden Media Group and eCartingNews.com and everything we've done. So David, as part of, of celebrating that 15 years, if we don't have a conflict with, with Laguna Seca next year, I'll make sure you're driving at Laguna Seca next year. Are you into that? Yeah, we'll work on that. Definitely. We'll just, we'll make sure. We'll figure it. As long as we don't have a conflict with another race, we're going to get you on that. Because that, that's that's a bucket list. I would love to go try that too. I, I'll, I'll worry about you first, me second, but we're going to make sure you're on that on that grid for next year. Yeah, I took, I took 69th overall in that 2002 race. <laughs> 69th. Because I, I was going so fast that I drove off in turn one. <laughs> Did you really? I just, I just totally... Just blew my mind and just I was like, <laughs> "What am I doing?" And just overshot it and went right into the kitty litter. No, there's no, and there's not. Uh, they didn't have the runoff they had there now, right? If I if I, I recall, they, from they had then, the kitty litter because that's the reason I yep. I had nowhere to go. I just dumped. I but got now, dumped in I mean, the kitty litter. There's that huge runoff there. You miss that corner by a mile, and there's especially in a shifter. Right. If we were back there, there's like thirty or forty feet or maybe fifty feet of runoff. Yeah, on the outside, it's still absolutely exactly. so. All right, folks. Well, there you go. Wrap that. Wrapped it up with some with some off tangent talking about road <laughs> racing. Once you get to once you get to Road America, you can't do much about that. David Cole, a fine 69th finish, place finish in two thousand. Always fine with sixty nine. <laughs> Wait, you can delete that. Edit that out. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are done for episode number forty four of the EKN Debrief. Thank you so much for joining David Cole and I again. Wrapping things up from the WK Manufacturers Cup Stop at GoPro Motorplex in Mooresville, North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina. Big thanks to our presenting sponsor for this particular podcast, IAMI USA East. Uh, David and I will be back at it uh, for another one tomorrow. I'll do the debrief of the Texas Pro Kart Challenge opener at uh, North Texas Cartway in Denton. But until then, thank you so much for joining us here on the EKN Radio Network. Please, 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 if you have not yet downloaded the app, do so. Get that on your mobile device. And when you do download it on iTunes or Google Play, please leave a review. It'll help uh, push it forward, get people to see it. So again, review us, give us a five, a five star. If we're not five star, give us whatever you care about, but then send us a message to let us know what we can do to be better so that we can get that, uh, that, that, that fifth star. Folks, thank you so much. On behalf of David Cole, my name is Rob Howden. Bye for now. <laughs>